0: Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 26th dose, and it's called Blended Family. And I'm making this podcast because I like sharing with you some magic I found in the real world. Some things that are sparkly, special, mystical, mysterious, uh, maybe sad, maybe poignant. And by real world, I mean... The stuff we touch with our human bodies in our everyday existence. And I'm making this particular podcast because I've had sort of a few different encounters with this idea of a blended or a step family this week, and I want to talk about those. Also because I'm on vacation, and I thought I was just going to say hi and say, hey, I'm on vacation, I'm not making a podcast. But, uh, That didn't really feel like enough. I feel like I wanted to do something a little bit more fun, maybe? I always find making these podcasts fun, so I'm not sure where I'm going with that. But anyways, this is a light. this is not overly thought out. This is more like, really, you're just sitting down with me and I'm telling you some things about my week. And I'm going to end with reading you a short story that I wrote, which is also vaguely related to this theme. So, here we go. Blended family. Uh a little bit of history. I grew up with so <laughs> no, I I was going to say I grew up with my mom, but at first I grew up with both my parents, my mom and my dad, and when I was about 2, my family moved to a new house and down the street from my family was another family and they also had some kids. They had two kids, and I was the only child in my family at the time. And we started to play with these kids, and the parents started to hang out, and I didn't really know any of this until little tiny pieces of the story pieced themselves together over the years. Because growing up, all I knew was that my dad didn't live with us, that my parents were divorced, and I was pissed. I was mad, sad, angry. I don't think I knew that I was angry and I missed my dad. I, yeah, the divorce was messy and I experienced it as a really bad thing for most of my childhood. And the woman down the street became my stepmom and she started to use the term blended family when our families got together, I have a older stepsister and stepbrother who I never really lived with full time, but they, I visited with them and got along well. And the uh, this term blended family really bothered me. I I didn't like it. I don't remember if I spoke up against it or not, but yeah, I didn't like it. I felt like my family had got ripped apart. I felt like it was a broken family, not a blended one. And... And now, uh, 31 years later, I'm 33 years old, I I kind of like the word blended family. I just watched a ridiculous movie called Blended, which I am not necessarily recommending because it's... Um, has a lot of ridiculous scenes in a sort of like fake African resort, which to me blessens the movie a lot. The storyline's kind of fun and uplifting and funny, but the, <laughs> yeah, the, the African safari is over the top. Anyways, blended. So I watched this movie, and also I just got to go visit with my stepsister and... And her two little boys and this is actually kind of choking me up a little bit because um she really naturally said that i was their auntie she said auntie lindsay like this is your auntie lindsay she's my sister therefore she's your auntie and bapa is what they call my dad for grandpa and she's like she explained that I'm Bapa's daughter, <laughs> and it felt so good to be their auntie. I've only met them a few times, and we haven't visited for COVID reasons. Maybe that was the reason. Maybe we wouldn't have seen them anyways, but anyways, getting back all together was so lovely, and and I got to hang out with my family. Like They really felt like my family, and... I'm I'm still really touched by that. I'm really touched by being called Auntie Lindsay. (laughs) Um, And my boyfriend and I got to build boats with them, like out of milk cartons, which was just like what I used to do with my stepmom and my dad. And it was like this another generation of a family tradition. And it's so interesting because I haven't experienced that on my mom's side of the family, which is the side I grew up thinking was my family. And here I am having like a really, a really family experience with my blended family. And, and it feels like the, the broken part's over. Like I still have, I still have that history of being the little girl who was really, upset and and really torn apart and i like my psyche is different because of that it's very different i'm still working to integrate parts of me that i split away from way 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 back but it's feeling more like blended more like like my this is it's not a broken family this just is my family this is the way my family is and i'm <laughs> Yeah, that feels so good. Um, and I, I feel this like time is longer than it was when I was younger, and that, like, some things are are far enough in the past that that we can talk about them now, like, like nobody talk talks about how my dad and stepmom met and I realize this gap. I mean I've I've got little hints of it and how it all unfolded and I am not I'm not worried about the technicalities really anymore. Like they've got on to have a 30 year long relationship. And yeah, like wow. And I I feel ready now to know what it was like when they fell in love like what was what was that like and I realized that I'd never heard this story when I was listening to my boyfriend's parents tell their story of how they met and and I'd, I've never heard that of my dad and stepmom because it was a convoluted messy story and nobody wanted to talk about it but I got to say last night I just got to say like hey I'd like to know that story. Like it's far enough away now. Um, would you mind telling me what it was like when you fell in love? And and my dad was kind of brushed it off, like, oh, it was, you know, like, it's pretty straightforward or something. And and my stepmom, I felt like she understood that she, I wanted to know. She's like, yeah, it's it's part of your history. You'd like to know now. And it's so amazing to. To be older and not have, like, there's still tender parts. I mean, I still choke up about it, but it's like the pain has kind of morphed into something almost, yeah, something beautiful. It's like, it doesn't feel broken. It feels blended. (laughs) I should probably tell her I don't mind that word now. And I can feel other areas of, I guess it's my heart, you can't see this, but I'm pacing back and forth in my studio with my hand over my chest, and there's other parts of my heart that used to be really, really sore, and, and they're not, like, they're not as sore anymore. It feels almost like that when you have, a like, a muscle injury, and then you can walk again, like, after I've... I had a big knee injury almost probably five years ago. Whoa, gosh. Time is its probably more like six years ago. (laughs) Anyways, and and sometimes I can feel that that knee is different, but sometimes I don't notice it at all. But that feeling like those muscles, like at one point I couldn't walk. At one point there was a brace on my knee, and... And now I can walk and hike and run and dance. That like, time can actually heal things. And people tell you that when you're hurting. But you don't really believe it when you're hurting. Um, Like, uh, maybe that's what my stepmom knew. Because she would have been a little bit older than me now when I joined her life. Maybe, she, maybe that's why she could use the term blended. Maybe she had a long enough view that she could see that it was... It was going to, like, work out okay. Um, and I couldn't when I was, you know, 3, six, nine, 12, 16. Um, but now I'm like... Now those muscles, they're maybe even a little bit stronger. Maybe my sense of what's possible in a family is different. Yeah. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not sure what else to say about that. Um Yeah, it just the the feeling like there's l- a lot can happen in a lifetime. I haven't I haven't lived half of a regular lifespan yet and already so much has changed and shifted and the, things don't feel as sometimes they feel urgent but the processes feel longer like I've experienced long processes and and some things just do not get fixed quickly <laughs> yeah so I hope that that this is somehow helpful if you have something in your life that feels like ripped apart and where the word blended would be like really seemingly like naive and annoying I hope that there's a little bit of space that opens up for blending that somehow the two things that you thought could not go together could be blended slightly. There's so many things where we feel like it's like separate and we dichotomize it to two different extremes. And it feels like across lots of areas we are, even as a society, being asked to consider like gray zones or rainbow zones or middle ground and like of ways to blend things and i felt that so personally this week of that the potential to to have it be blended in a way that felt so good like like now to these kids there's nothing broken about this family like i'm their auntie and that's that's like they were so thrilled with that. <laughs> and it felt so nice to be called Auntie Lindsay. But yeah. Huh. Okay. So, next part. I'm going to read you a short story that I wrote. Um, this is kind of like the episode a little while back where I read, read you a poem. This one, I'm going to read you a short story. Just let me open up my computer. Okay, I'm gonna read you a short story. I can't say that it's in its final iteration, but uh, I'd like to share it with you. And uh, I think I need to come up with some sort of like erotic warning, because um, a lot of the stuff I write, poetry and short stories, has um, an erotic element to it. So if that's offensive to you, you can just stop the episode now. And um I'll see you next time. <laughs> and if not, please keep listening. Uh yeah, this is called what is it called? I've I've saved it as Chessel Beach Beware, but I'm not sure that's the right title. Uh okay. Here we go. Books are the ultimate escorts. Libraries, the ultimate brothels slutty sentences with the help of faithful madame library clerks regularly whore themselves to any desirous reader rather indiscriminately in return the book only asks to be returned to its pimp of a shelf filed according to dewey's desire to await its next encounter people should be educated on the inherent risks of reading which is why i'm telling you there are safer ways to go about it wear glasses and use good lighting and ask questions of the text. But no one is immune to the potential diseases that travel through the intercourse of books. Beware of the sexually transmitted inflections of poor grammar and bad ideas. Also beware because conception can occur very easily and at the least opportune of times. You could be easily seduced by a book about log cabin construction and whoops Next thing you know it, the big thing growing inside you has you up at all hours of the night. Soon, you've quit your day job, and your soft body is forever altered by the need to build this dream. Before explaining to anyone, you're out in the woods hammering and sawing and hewing every day, past daylight even, into the cold companionship of night. You're laboring by headlamp until all that stood for your old life has been cut down and hewn into a completely different shape. Don't say I didn't warn you. In addition to legitimate conceptions of dreams, books are also responsible for innumerable clandestine affairs. Don't be fooled by someone who says it's the look in their eyes that draws you away. No, it's the story about the look in their eyes that gets you. The story that you read innocently four years back. The story was On Chesil Beach by Ian McEwen. The story of a young couple on their wedding night still haunts you like campfire smoke. Narrative, if it's worth anything, is always established in the details, and in McEwan's case, the detail you remember is the virgin wife's pubic hair. That one short sentence he wrote about her pubic hair peeking out the side of her panties, that one sec- sentence, like a successful sperm among millions, impregnated you with desire. Not a desire for that character in particular, for besides, you prefer almost bald pussies, but for the electricity of a fresh, unknown body. The sentence is still there in a recipe card in your psyche, when you rush into your local cafe one weekday morning on your way to the office. There's a new, yes, cute barista behind the heavy slab counter, and while placing your order, which usually spills out on automatic, your voice catches as you see her name tag, Chelsea. The distance in your virile mind between Chelsea and Chessel is a mere mile, a blink. You could jump there in flip-flops. You just did. You there immediately, beside the follicle, from whence grows all your curiosity. McEwen had written it thoroughly, describing a shy husband approaching his new wife's body on their wedding night. And the surprise she felt at the warm, tingling sensation, the slightest jiggle of her pubic hair sent through her body. But now Chessel, Chelsea, you must know. You must know if she has the same hair peeking out from the side of her panties, and if so, if it will electrify her in the same way when you touch it. Your thoughts crawl behind her black barista apron and up under her jean miniskirt. Your mind percolates, through her nylons without resistance, and she winds like the espresso machine in a high-pitched dose of pleasure. The next step from thought to action is the easiest of all. Even Jesus knows that. If any one of you looks on a woman with adultery in his mind, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. So once all the chessel sand and coffee grinds and tangled hair get sorted out, It turns out Chelsea has a knack with kids and makes a pretty good stepmom. And though when brave friends who are amnesic about timelines or loose with their vows ask how you two met, you will say simply, she smiled at me when she made me coffee. The truth is, the affair started four years before, when you borrowed a library book. The truth is, there's a reason your newest child's name will be Ian. There you go. That's my uh, Chesil Beach Beware story. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I don't think I'm going to read it twice. So if you want to go back and listen to it again, you can just rewind. Because um, podcasts are quite lovely that way. And I think, so last time I read a poem, I answered some questions about it. uh, As if you were asking them to me. I'm trying to think what you wanted what, want to know about this story um maybe when i wrote it why i wrote it i don't remember when i wrote it <laughs> um it's it's came out of this binder of of writing that is maybe one cohesive story but also seems like it does really well divided up into little chunks because the Sometimes the characters aren't so important as the the little kind of vignette. And I really enjoy writing these smaller kind of poetic, prosy segments like this one. So I might just keep them as separate pieces. Or maybe they eventually end up together in a larger story. Because sometimes there's characters that reappear. I don't think Chelsea reappears yet, but maybe she will. Um, and I'm trying just sharing it a little bit in its... The state as it is and not um, necessarily what I thought was completed. Um, and what's the other question? Oh, so it's not a true story. This is didn't happen. Uh, I, I was a barista, but my name is not Chelsea, and I am nobody's stepmom. <laughs> uh, so it's not a true story. This one is just fictional. Although I also was a librarian uh, for about a year? At a tiny, tiny little library. So I learned that, that's why there's a line at the beginning that says, filed according to Dewey's desire. That's a joke about the, in Canada, the Dewey decimal system is how we file library books. I think that might be international. And uh, so I slid that in there from my library background. And because I was, oh, this is how the story started. Now I'm remembering. I cut that part out, but there used to be a part about how when you live remotely you can get library books delivered in these little green pouches Uh, like they're like zippered fabric envelopes and then you send the library book back to the library in the same pouch it's great, it's like a reusable envelope and in the description of these envelopes coming to the remote post office I started thinking about how promiscuous the library books are like they how many hands the library book and this envelope touches. And, yeah, libraries are one of those strange places where it's not private property, and it's it's going through lots of hands, and we're sharing with strangers. And there's something erotic about sharing with a stranger, something that is touching your hands in bed and your mind and is maybe changing your life, and then it's going to go off in the dark to another stranger and also have that impact and so I, f- I feel like there's a yeah there's an erotic like escort element to the life of these library books especially the ones going in these little bags to remote destinations and then getting read and read in the dark maybe and in bed and then flying back So in, in remote areas the the mail arrives on an airplane So it's flying back to its shelf, which is like the, you know, the headquarters, and then it gets summoned to somebody else. And yeah, so I think there's a connection between escorts and library books. And this short story was the development of that idea (laughs) to another, to a further conclusion. So blended families, Uh, I don't think mine started with a library book, but I have yet to hear the story, so maybe it did. And I'm off to go canoeing for a few days. And there's a chance I won't make one of these next week. Maybe I will actually take a vacation. Um, or I mean, a break from the podcast. So if you don't hear from me next week, don't worry. I'm just taking a little breather. And yeah, I think that's about it. If you want to get in touch and... Let me know about your own blended family or let me know if you want to hear more stories or anything else you're wondering about. I love to hear from you. Thanks to those of you who said hi this week. It always makes me smile. And I love knowing where you're listening from because it's so cool to me that people all over the world can connect through podcasts. So thank you. And if you are currently having something in your life that feels broken, I'm giving you a big hug and sending you love for that situation. I'm putting my hand over my heart right now so you can hopefully feel some of that love. And I will talk to you next week, and maybe, or the week after. I'll talk to you soon. And until then, I hope you do experience some magic in the real world. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.